Greetings. Welcome to today's meeting of AA Fernando Alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change those things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. No God, no peace. Today's daily reflection for May 15th. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. But with the alcoholic, whose hope is the maintenance and growth of a spiritual experience, this business of resentment is infinitely grave. Incredible, huh? Infinitely grave. That comes to us from page 66 of the AA Big Book. No God, no peace. No God, no peace. If we know God and acknowledge God in the morning like we do in AA, that's what I love about AA, then I hook up with peace. I hook up with my fellow man, with service, and with my a choice not to go back to the lifestyle that I was. So i got to keep going forward. Got to keep pushing, looking onward. Then... I get to know God, I get to understand and appreciate peace and not destroy it. Little book for today. Amen to that. I enjoyed today's readings. I hope you're having a wonderful day. Thank you so much for coming in today's quick AA uh, meeting. Now for our AA thought for the day for May 15th, a little 24-hour little book. If we find a new strength and peace from the realization that there must be a power greater than ourselves that is running the universe and that is on our side when we live a good life, so that AA program really never ends. We begin by overcoming drinking and we go on from there to many new opportunities for happiness and usefulness. Are we enjoying the full benefits of AA? You betcha. Amen. And remember that in AA, we have prayer and we have God, our higher power. With those two, it's an, that's the missing link. When I was out there drinking and brawling with my buddies, we certainly weren't praying. We were, we were ridiculing each other to the point when someone picks up a knife because of my mouth, the ridicule. Ugly. Amen. May 15, meditation for the day. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. We should not seek material things first, but seek spiritual things first. And material things will come for follow as we honestly work for them. Amen. Many people seek material things first and think they can then grow into knowledge of spiritual things. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. The first requisites of an abundant life are the spiritual things. Surrender, honesty, purity, unselfishness, and love. Do it God's way. Until we have these qualities, quantities of material things are of real, real little use to us. Amen. Prayer for the day. We pray that we may put much effort into acquiring spiritual things. We pray that we may not expect good things until we are spiritually fit and have worked for them. I added quite a bit there. <laughs> Fernando Alcoholic. Amen. Now, 
Here's the article coming out of our Grapevine, August 2014. It says, Getting the Root, Emotional Sobriety. Getting to the Root. This article comes to us from, well, it's a long one, Katie G. from Burnsville, Minnesota. Thank you, Katie. It says, For as long as I can remember, I've had a not good enough button. I'm sure it started in childhood when my father, in order to create the best daughter possible, told me repeatedly that I wasn't good enough to try harder. In high school, I felt I wasn't as good as my girlfriend, but when I drank, I could be pretty smart and sexy. When a boyfriend left me, the only reason I could come up with was that I wasn't thin or sexy enough. When I was pregnant, my mother wondered out loud if I would be a good mom. She wasn't sure I would be, but I can't remember why. When my husband hit me and cheated on me, it was because I wasn't good enough. He even told me that the other women was so much better than me in bed. And if I only learned to be better at sex, he might stay. One day when my ex-husband threatened to take my young daughter away, I quit drinking. I didn't have money or a job for the matter. For treatment, so I did 90 meetings in 90 days. I think I actually did about 100 meetings in 90 days. I wanted what people in AA had, so I did what they said. I read the big book, got a sponsor, and went to fellowship. I did whatever they told me to do, day by day. I didn't drink. I learned that I didn't like the emotional roller coaster, and I started to develop a belief in a God little by little, rather than blaming others. I saw the part I played in my problems. I got honest and tried to recognize my selfishness. I worked the program as well as I could. By the grace of God, my desire to drink was lifted. I love this program. I love this program. It saved my life. But 10 years into sobriety, I still had that not good enough button. It produced a little voice that said things like, you didn't get your dream job because you're not smart enough. That boy left you because you're not thin enough. That student complained because you're not a good enough teacher. I was so familiar with that huge button that I published it myself at this point. I tried to fight that little voice with a variety of techniques. I used affirmations such, I love myself in every way. I love myself in every way. I honor myself every day. I honor myself every day. I made a really detailed asset inventory and tried to read it every day. I tried to believe it because really when I looked at the facts, I was plenty good. I just couldn't get myself to believe it. I wrote down my daily successes. I identified my not good enough message as a lie. Basically, I was trying to remove my character defect all by myself. That didn't work. At 18 years sober, I got a new sponsor. We worked the steps with a new perspective. She made me do the fourth and fifth step. I thought it was a dumb idea because I had just done them. But I was glad she had agreed to be my sponsor. So I humored her. She told me we were going to get down to the roots of my problem and God will rip them out. I was about to work the six and seven steps seriously and deeply for the first time. Around this time, I literally had a lot of weeds in my backyard, so I started to weed out 
the little weeds and then the bigger ones. Some of the weeds I had to dig out with a pickaxe and shovel. Still, I couldn't get all of them. I began to see an analogy to my character defects. When I was newly sobered, I was satisfied to cut the weeds down. Yet, there were so many that the job became overwhelming. As we all know, if you just cut the weeds, they grow back quickly. That happened with me with many of my defects, such as low self-esteem, selfishness, fear, and self-pity. After a few years sober, I could see the value of taking out some of the roots, at least the ones easy to pull out. Some of the deeper roots were impossible to remove. By this time, I dug. Now, I was after the not-good-enough button that led my insecurity and influenced my choices. Still, I didn't think I could really ever eradicate the biggest negative influence in my life. At the suggestion of my sponsor, I memorized the seven-step prayer and repeated it over and over in the sauna, at my fitness club, in my bed at night, and when I was upset about something in my life. I started to wonder about the usefulness of my not-good-enough button. I started to see how it hurt my relationship and damaged my ability to help others. It prevented me from truly taking responsibility for my life, something that had come up over and over during the previous times I had done my fourth step. Then one weekend, I went to visit my family. For many years, I had known that my mother got pregnant with me in 1959 and that my parents got married three weeks after I was born. I knew that my dad had dreams of owning his own car dealership instead of working for his father, which he did his entire life. I knew my dad was 23 when I was born. This particular weekend, my sister was talking about how unfair it was that one of her friends treated her oldest child poorly because the oldest child was born out of wedlock. Suddenly, it began to make sense. My father had given my one sister a house and my other sister a truck, yet I paid all my bills myself on a teacher's income. He would also call my sister to remind her of family birthdays, yet he would call me to tell me I had to be nicer to her. (laughs) I knew I wasn't treated as well as my sisters. I just had never known why. Suddenly, I understood. My dad was a 23-year-old kid forced to live a life he didn't want to, at least initially. He wasn't ready to have a kid. He didn't want to work for his father, but he did probably resentful. So this was the root of the not good enough button. It had nothing, absolutely nothing to do with me being not good enough. It was just an unfortunate event. I believe this was an insight provided to me by God when I was ready. Although I was stunned and hurt, it just made so much sense. I realized I was actually lucky I had a friend who was adopted by parents who were not loving. When he was an adult, he looked up his birth mother only to find out that his young parents had given him up for adoption, but in the end stayed together and went on to have three other children. I began to be grateful for the decisions my parents made in difficult circumstances back in 1959. When I hugged my dad goodbye that weekend, I silently said, I forgive you. He's 70 years old, way too old to start a feud with him, and to what end? God removed my not-good-enough button by providing me with insight, understanding, and forgiveness. 
My job is to understand that my harsh thoughts towards myself and others were the result of a button that had not, no reason for existing in the first place. My job now is to trust and work the 12 steps. I realize I don't need to prove anything to anyone because I'm already good enough. That button definitely stood in the way of my service to God and to other people. Now I can help others from a solid balance self rather than from an insecure, wobbly base. I'm there for the newcomer. I volunteer as a GR. I go to meetings at nights when I could be lazy and just watch TV. I can now show up more fully in all my relationships, including the relationship with myself, because I'm finally good enough. Katie G. from Burstville, Minnesota. Thank you so much, Katie. Wonderful words of life. Let's go ahead and pray out, please, with the Lord's Prayer. Who drives the bus? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us of our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Stay.